Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Should we look at our calendars and figure out when we can do our Seattle trip? Yeah. So are we going two nights or three nights? I vote for two. We could always change our minds. (laughs) All right. Good. I'm excited. Um, A research trip. It's been a while. I know. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about how perception shapes reality. We had one meeting that changed our perception, and boom, everything feels different. And in Take a Hike, I'm going to share a form of meditation that is scientifically proven to increase cognitive function. I'm a big fan. Then we have a How to Focus hack, and Sarah has a documentary recommendation. But first, Sarah, we want to update everyone on how No Spend February is going. Yes, Liz, how, how goes it for you? Well, it goes well, generally. I have to admit, Sarah, that I did order Grubhub twice. (laughs) Now, both times on the weekend, which I sort of go, well, is that a loophole? You know, we always talk about loopholes. Gretchen loves the loopholes. So other than that, though, I haven't ordered Grubhub. I haven't bought anything. I haven't been doing my time suck of browsing sales So I think in general, it's going well. How about you? Pretty good, actually. I have bought books, but only for work. Same. Yes, we're doing a project. So that doesn't count. Exactly. Okay, so we're doing a project that requires some background reading. So I bought those books. I bought Violet a pair of jeans on sale at Target because she only had one pair of jeans. So I was like, okay, I will get these. And I'm keeping a list of things that I'm going to reconsider in March. Now that I can't wait to hear what you do or don't buy. I know. Once it's over, that to me is so fascinating. Do you still want it? Absolutely. No, I can tell you I'm already I am definitely gonna want the spoons from Crate and Barrel that I should have bought before February started, because okay. we're always short on spoons. But <laughs> Okay. 
I'm waiting to buy them. But it's like, will you know, if there's like a shirt, for instance, like I said, I did not buy a Karma 87 shirt, which I wanted to wear for the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Go Chiefs. And I know that I'm no longer going to want that. Right. After February. Like, that item is just something I will never get now. Right. That's out. I, I suspect that most of the things will be that. There's a pillow I think I'm going to want and the spoons. Okay. Okay, well, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's that reality is shaped by perception. So this was a notion that we had after a recent meeting. And we came to this because, you know, everything has felt just so off kilter for so long. I mean, really since probably February of 2020. And ever since then, things have just been wonky. Obviously, the pandemic, the two strikes, the business is still in a really weird place. Everything has just felt off for a long time. And we know we're not alone in this because we keep getting emails from people that are like, do you feel like this too? Because this is terrible, you know. But then, yeah, we had one meeting. Liz, explain. Yeah, so Sarah, we have been doing some general meetings where we meet with executives either from production companies or studios, and we had a meeting the other day, a Zoom meeting. These are all, have all been Zoom meetings, and the attitude, the energy, the feel of talking to this woman executive just changed how we felt about the entire business. It was like, oh my gosh, everything's going to be okay. Things are happening. We will get back in the groove. It's all okay, is is what I just keep going back to. It's all okay. In the big picture. In the big picture, like, I think it made us feel like all of these things that have been so off kilter will eventually click, 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 click back into where they're supposed to be, not where they were, because I feel like that whatever was, I think, is gone. But the building of a new thing is coming. And Mm -hmm. I think it made us feel like, okay, like, we're still part of this building of the new thing and don't want to run the other direction. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And what was great is that it was just great to feel normal and it has totally filtered into our daily existence. Like, I feel like you and I are completely different now post that meeting. Yeah, it's interesting because we have been working with the same group of people on a multitude of projects for a while, you know, longer than we usually would because of the pandemic and the strikes. Things are just taking so long. So we've really been talking to the same people exclusively for a long time. And I think just kind of breaking out of that and yeah. talking to someone new helped us go, okay, there's there's all this stuff out there that is happening. And it really, I don't know, it just really made us feel better. Yeah, which I think makes us more productive. It for makes sure. us have better meetings because we're in a better frame of mind. It makes us enjoy life more in general, because I think we had a little bit of a, you know, black cloud feeling over our heads. And so that's when you get to the perception shapes reality. It's like in feeling things are better 
or quote better, whatever that is, we are better. Absolutely. You know, I'm doing the Happiness Project revisited Gretchen's course that she's doing this year. It's kind of a redo of the Happiness Project. And it's a full year course, and a lot of it is experimenting, trying mm-hmm. things. Like, is the, does this work for you? Does that work for you? Some things are going to be like, yes, I should be doing this all the time. And some things are like, yeah, that's really not my thing. So I just, I think it felt part of that experimentation, you know, like we should be talking to all of these new people and getting out and trying these new things. And as with everything in this business, some of them will lead to things and some of them won't. And that's just part of the process. Yes, which is like the action item coming out of this realization that perception shapes reality, which is keep doing things And it doesn't matter if this one meeting we had leads directly to a job. It's what you're saying. It's you put it all out there and you just see what sticks, see what leads to what. And, you know, it's the same advice that we always give, which is take the meeting. I think that's been a try this at home (laughs) or a hack. Take the meeting. Yes. But, you know, as we say, we have to learn the same thing over and over again, both in life and in writing. (laughs) And once again, we are learning the lesson of take the meeting and do whatever else. You know, go to the mixer join the club, join the group, like do things and it will lead to a good place. It will. Somehow. Just believe. Just believe. And I'd love to hear from other people, Sarah, whether they be in Hollywood or elsewhere. Have you found that your perception shapes your reality and how, you know, in what way was this the case for you? It's really interesting. Email us or send a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, Sarah's going to sing, sort of. But first, this break. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about mental, physical, and spiritual health. And today, it's all of the above. We're talking about Kirtan Kriya meditation. Okay, so I have never heard of this until you told me about it. Explain what it is first. Okay, it's a particular kind of meditation where you sing and then whisper and then think the same thing that you just sang and whispered in your head as you do a hand movement and as you visualize something. So I'll explain. So you go, 
the sounds that you make are sata nama. So you go sata nama, sata nama, over and over and over, right? And on the sa, your thumb and your forefinger go together. On the ta, your thumb and your middle finger go together. On the na, your thumb and your ring finger go together. And on the ma, your thumb and your pinky go together. And this is both hands. And it's a particular kind of meditation that is scientifically proven to improve cognitive function. So this is a thing I heard about through the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Association years ago, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do that, and then, of course, you don't. And then, But now I'm really trying to integrate it into my regular schedule, and it's supposed to be really, really good for your brain, so we wanted to tell people about it. Yes, I'm just going to read what the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Association website says, Sarah. Okay. Kirtan Kriya is a type of meditation from the Kundalini Yoga tradition, which has been practiced for thousands of years. This non-religious practice can be adapted to several lengths, but practicing it for just 12 minutes a day has been shown to reduce stress levels and increase activity in areas of the brain that are central to memory. Yeah, and they've studied it. And if you use sounds other than satanama, it doesn't have the same effect. So you really have to do those sounds. And utilizing the fingertips, they say, in conjunction with the sounds, enhances blood flow to particular areas in the motor sensory part mm. of the brain. So it's like you're doing all of these things involving multiple senses at once. And somehow that's just really good for your brain. I mean, it makes sense. And what do the words mean? Satanama. I don't know exactly, but I know that they're rooted in satnam, which has an important meaning in Kundalini Yoga, mm. in Sanskrit. They're, they're Sanskrit words. And that means my true essence, basically. Yeah. Satnam. So, Sarah, okay, so explain the sequence and what you do for people who want to do it. Okay. For two minutes, you do the singing while doing the finger motions and visualizing in your head. And you visualize the sounds coming in through the top of your head and out through the, the middle of your forehead like an L. So you keep that kind of visualization flow going. As you sing the sounds and do the finger motions on both hands for two minutes— and then you whisper for two minutes. That was probably really creepy for people who were listening. <laughs> also and the then, start of a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then for four minutes, you say in your head satanama while doing the finger motions and the visualization. Then you whisper again for two minutes while doing the fingers movements and the visualization. And then you sing again for two minutes. So it's 12 minutes total. And I mean, it's 12 minutes. We can do 12 minutes in a day. So practical question here. For the timing are you just looking at a clock, how, or do you have a bell that goes off? How do you know what minutes to do? Well, the wonderful thing is you can find it on iTunes. Like, it's in Apple iTunes. There's a 12-minute, a woman very nicely sings in a lovely voice. 
<laughs> for two minutes and then whispers and then, you know, so it's all timed out. So you can just play it every day from iTunes if you want. There are also YouTube videos. There are lots of ways to find it. And I actually just this morning, I wanted to say, got an email from the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Association that says they're having a workshop on it next week. So if you look them mm. up and this is something interesting to you, you could do an actual workshop. But it's also on YouTube and iTunes. Once again, practical question. If someone looks it up, wants to do it, the woman is singing, but you also should sing as well? Yes. Okay, yes. so you can't just listen. It's not like a guided meditation where you can just listen. You should participate. Yes, you also have to sing and whisper. And then be quiet, and then whisper, and then sing. Okay, this is very interesting. And I mean— have to point out, even if your primary concern is not memory, it's good for relaxation, it's good for reducing stress, like all of the things that meditation is always good for. Exactly. It's like meditation on steroids. You get all the good meditation stuff in addition to all the good cognitive stuff. All right. Intriguing, Sarah. This is an interesting one. Let me know if you give it a try. I will. <laughs> okay, Sarah, it is time for the mail room in which we answer listener questions. And this one comes from Lisa. She says, Hi, Liz and Sarah. I'm a longtime listener and love the show. Thank you. One thing I have been super curious about is how ethically people behave during the strike. It really sounded like you slash all the writers you know truly did not work on anything for networks official, but for an industry full of backstabbing and doing anything it takes to get ahead, I have to wonder, can that really be true? Do you know, suspect that some people continued secretly working so that when the strike was over, they could have a leg up? Or was everything so up in the air that there was no point in working on things that might not even exist anymore? Or is this just my paranoid perception of Hollywood? Would love to get your take. So this is a really interesting question. And of course, it's something that was often discussed during the strike. Yes. And the kind of amazing thing was that during the most recent strike, we did not feel that there was a lot of that going on. During the last strike, the 2007-2008 strike, I would not say the same thing. It definitely felt like for that strike, there were people kind of behind the scenes doing shady stuff that was not cool. But this strike, I think the issues were so profound and deep and necessary to be kind of fighting against that everybody was really on the same page. And I said everybody. We do know of some very... Prominent. Big, ex prominent exceptions, yes, to that. But few, very few. I would also point out that writers could still write during the strike. Someone could write a movie. Someone could write a pilot. You just couldn't do it with a producer who was, you know, WGA affiliated. You couldn't do it with a studio. You know, we had gotten notes on a pitch right before the strike, we did not address those notes during the strike. But we would still talk about the project just because that's what we do. Right. You can't turn off your brain, but yeah. we didn't talk to anyone involved with the project not about anything that we were thinking. And really, we didn't think about it much until the strike was over. Then no. we sort of went, okay, wait, now we have to actually like take this seriously. During the right. strike, we mainly worked on the book. Right. Well, that's true. And we had planned that. We had said, we think there's going to be a strike. We want to be productive during that time. But, you know, obviously, we everything is going to come to a standstill. 
So we planned to work on our book, and that was a good plan. Yes. We never would have started the book had we not started it then. Absolutely. No, I actually, the strike was very heartening in that way. Hollywood is known for being very backbiting, backstabbing, all of the negative, unethical things. But I really believe that for the most part, people behaved with a lot of morality and ethics during this strike. And, I mean, I have to point out that executives also very much, from our perception um, and experience, respected the strike. They weren't pushing anybody to do things that they knew would not be sanctioned by the WGA. I think as much as we complain about the corporations, the heads of the corporations who, you know, didn't want to treat writers fairly— The executives who work with writers every day, I think, were very supportive and respected those boundaries. Yes. Yeah. It was a good thing. It really was. It was heartening, although it was very tough, and I'm really glad it's over. And I can't wait for things to ramp up. I mean, I think the return from the strike has been a very slow return and is going to stay slow for a while. But, you know. Yes. What are you going to do? Yes, but that is a great question, Lisa. Thank you. And next up, we have a focus-related Hollywood hack, but first, this break. All right, Liz, we're back with this week's Hollywood hack, which is turn off notifications. Okay, so explain this to anyone who, who might not know what you mean. On your phone, on your iPad, whatever device that you use a lot, computer all that stuff, you can go into settings and just click turn off notifications for various things because everything wants to notify you of something, whether it's a game or an app or your texts or a phone call, right? If you turn off notifications, you will get interrupted much, much, much less. Like I turned off my notifications on all social media. So I don't know when somebody made a comment on something I posted or when somebody followed me on something. It's so distracting to be working and then suddenly have all these things like popping up on the top of your screen. You can't ever focus in your brain for more than like two minutes. So my focus has been way better since I did this. It's been a couple of weeks. And then I also added an app. This is a bonus hack called One Sec. It makes me pause before I open any social media. So if I click on threads, for example, this app instead makes me take a breath. And then it says, do you really want to open threads? (laughs) So I have to really choose if that's how I want to be spending my time. That is smart for all those people out there who are trying to spend less time on social media. This is very helpful because also when you don't get the notification that someone made a comment, for instance, then you're not tempted in that moment to go look and see, oh, well, what did they comment, right? Then you can just wait and set a time When you go to Instagram, threads, whatever, then you, Facebook, then you can see what everyone commented just at the same time rather than every ping that comes in. Yes. That is great. Yeah, I've had mine turned off, but I still have news notifications. And Sarah, I should turn those off because, again, it is very— tempting when it's like the jury is back in such and such case, then of course I want to stop what I'm doing, turn on the TV or go to a site and see what the result is. 
And I'm sure my productivity could be much higher if I just, if I didn't do that, if I just went to the news when it was a good time to look at the news. Yes, absolutely. That's made a big difference for me too. We really don't need to know most things in real time. The vast majority of things you don't need to know in real time. Exactly. I did manage somehow, though, to make it so that my texts don't show up on my phone anymore, like how many texts I have, or like if you text me, I don't know. So that's Uh, kind of a problem. Like that I need to fix. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I haven't figured out what I did wrong. So, you know, if I don't text text you back right away, call me. (laughs) Must be known of immediately. Immediately. Exactly. Yes. If not sooner. Okay. Well, so turning off notifications. Let us know if you turn off your notifications. Very curious if people follow suit. I think this is a great idea. And it seems obvious, but I think most of us don't think to do that. Yes. And of course, their default is for them to be on. Of course. Yes. Okay, Sarah, um, you are up this week with a rec. Every week, one of us gives a recommendation for just something that is intriguing us, something we love, podcast, movie, book. What are you recommending this week? I am recommending what's called a docudrama. It's really a documentary, but they've added this weird drama thing to it. Also called The Social Dilemma, which is available on Netflix. My hack is very connected to this particular (laughs) documentary and also some books I've been reading. But so from the film's website, it says, we tweet, we like, and we share, but what are the consequences of our growing dependence on social media? This documentary drama hybrid reveals how social media is reprogramming civilization with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creation. And that part of it is so interesting because they have all these executives, former executives from Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, who come on and talk about how basically we are the product being sold to advertisers and our time. They're just trying to get more and more and more and more and more and more and more of our time. Um, And time is precious. So it's about kind of how to break from that. Uh, Yeah. Now, Sarah, I will say I started watching this and I just couldn't stand the sort of dramatization of social media, people using social media. And so it just turned me off and I did not finish watching it or even get very far into it. But you keep telling me I have to just fast forward through those parts if I don't like them and watch the interviews because there's so much to learn about the algorithms about how they're designed to be addictive. So many things that are worthwhile, and I can just ignore the part that I don't like. Yes, although you may want to watch some of it because Vincent Carthizer, who we worked with on Angel, who was on Mad Men, is in part of the the drama part. Um, And it's so fun to see him. Like, he's really good. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'll watch that part. All right, so the social dilemma. I know a lot of moms in particular have watched this and found it very enlightening, also very troubling. So especially for all you moms, but for all of us, really, because we are just as vulnerable to social media as teens. Whatever we all like to think, the truth is (laughs) we are on our phones every bit as much as the kids. Yes, and this really started as me doing research for Violet, and then I realized this is as much about me as it is about her. (laughs) Yeah, thus turning off your notifications. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. 
Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13, and as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Chuck, I'm so sorry about my barky dogs. They're going crazy today. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the joy of recording from home. Yes. From the Onward Project.